The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Blooming in the Light with your host, Marie Helen Turan. Are you one of the many people who face challenges every day in your life and find it can be more than a struggle at times? Our program will show you that these challenges can be turned into gems based on wisdom and experience that you'll hear today. Now, here is Marie Helen Turan. Welcome. It is very exciting to have you with us again tonight. I mean, I said tonight because I am in France right now. And I know you're going to listen to this probably at a different time, but at the time I'm recording this, it's 10 p.m. So if it is daytime to you, well, have a great day. And um, I wish you a bright, beautiful day. Good morning, whatever it is. Um, today I want to talk to you to something very exciting. You are listening to Blooming in the Light I am your show host, Marie-Hélène Touraine. You can like my Colimni page on Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can email me your comments or questions at colimni at gmail.com. Colimni is spelled K-O-L-A-I-M-N-I. Today, the topic that I want to discuss with you is what it has been for me to be a special parent, what it has brought me, what it has made me discover, how it has shaped me to become the person I am, some of the challenges, many wonderful joys. So this is our topic. We are also going to have a guest. His name is Paul Moorhead, and he is a friend, a friend of my children, and he has interacted with our son uh, quite a bit. And um, he will um, bring in his experience as somebody of the same age or close uh, who has been interacting with him. So, um, Paul, we welcome you. And you. we're very glad that you're going to be with us. So, That's a pleasure. So, Paul, would you tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit about who you are, what you do now, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how you came to meet with our son? Sure. So, yeah, okay, so my name is Paul Moorhead, um, and I grew up in Fairfield, Iowa, uh, which is a spiritual community um, in the southeast Iowa area. It's about 10,000 people, um, half of whom meditate. And I believe I met your guy, your family, all of you, when I think it was, I was maybe, maybe seven or eight. It was quite a while ago. Um, and I remember we met, I can't remember how we met, but we were, we, I used to be really good friends with your, your youngest son, Machu. That's and right. At that time, I had been invited over to your guy's house, um, and I was very much into his collection of comic books. <laughs> and, <laughs> and even though they were in French, I had a, a strong affinity for their just the, their charm and the way that they communicated a deeper story. And I am now a cartoonist. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. I'm actually in school right now for car- for comics. Um, and so I remember being around your um, both of your children for um, quite a while, for a number of years. And, um, yeah, did you have, yes. a, did you have a, yes. a specific angle that you'd like me to? 
No, I, I just wanted, you know, so that our listeners can position yeah. you in, in, in the story of, uh, of my adventures because it, it is definitely an adventure to be, to be a parent to start with. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, to be, yeah, you can see that from the other end of it, but right. um, since you're not a father yet, but uh, to be a, a parent of a special child is, is even a, a wilder adventure. So uh, my, it's my firstborn who is a special child, and he was born with Down syndrome when I was 23 years old. So uh, I had never been in contact with special people except for a very distant experience. And it, of course, at first it was quite a shock. I mean, you can imagine firstborn, 23 years old. I didn't feel prepared, and I'm very glad I didn't know in advance. Um, because I would have worried. Uh, once he was there, there was no place for worries. There was just none, because if I started worrying, I'd be toast. So um, I just decided that um, we will deal with problems when they arise, and not before. And he was a very easy baby. He didn't have any health problems, still doesn't. So we were extremely blessed on this side, among others. Um, but what I wanted to share with our listeners is um, how it took me to see the world as a bigger place. First of all, the big question was, what is normality? Because people think of um, people who are not like the majority very often as an abnormality. And uh, I came to think that, especially when you look at what us so-called people, so-called normal people, have accomplished on this planet, uh, we've done some good things, I have to say, but we've done a lot of the other ones, too. So normality, um, you know, the abnormality is a concept of, if it's not the majority it's a mistake of nature. I've heard that many times. And it's how can we be preposterous enough to think that nature makes mistakes? When you see the human body, when you see the galaxies, it is just so unbelievable that um, there doesn't seem to be that much room for mistakes. So then what is normality? Is it what we are? Now, with all our flaws, or is it something else? And so that was the first question that I really had to answer. And when you know how incredible our potential is, our brains are, and that we only use 5 to 10% of them, and now we know with epigenetics that we can even change our DNA, then we come to realize that maybe a fully developed individual should be what we consider to be normality. In which case, we're all developing and we, none of us is really normal or all of us are normal. So this was my first thing and um, it, was, it, was, it was actually the most difficult thing because this baby was wonderful. But my view of mankind just exploded, and I had to rebuild it from the ground. And um, that was not simple. Now, what happens when um, you have a child like, like ours? You have to become different. You have to take one day at a time which is really what we should all do anyways. But then you have to do it. Because if you don't do that, you can't survive. So it is a fantastic tool. And you love and you give without any expectation. Because you're not sure what's coming. With so-called regular children, you don't know what's coming either. But there is a general expectation. You know that Generally, around one year old, they're going to walk. But with a different child, you don't know that. So you just give, 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 and don't expect anything in return. And when something happens, 
is just like the heavens open up. I will always remember the first time I saw him sitting up. I can just still picture it like it is in front of my face. I can see him and trying hard and pushing on that little arm. And he sat up and I collapsed on the, it was on a piece of foam. I collapsed in tears of joy. And honestly, I hate to say that my other children know it, but I don't remember any of my other children sitting up for the first time. I know I was very joyful. I know it was wonderful, but it is not something that came as a gift of heaven, which it should. But there is so many children that will sit up around that time when they expected to do that, that there is a bit of an expectation. So this experience is something that just brings wonder, it brings awe, it just it just stretches your heart to a point where I I did not know I could I could experience the things I have experienced. And of course this is only my experience I'm sharing. I'm not saying that it is true for everybody, but this is what it has done for me. And what I invite you to do today is to look at this situation from a different angle if you haven't already done it. So, um, one thing, another thing that really grows when you take care and you nurture a special person is patience. Patience is a virtue, and that's such a good thing because if it were a flaw, it would be in big trouble. So patience really has to grow with children in general, but with the special person more. And patience that goes with care, that goes with love. And it's the love that really makes the patience grow. And um, it is sometimes not easy. Like Down syndrome people have a tendency to repetition, you know. They have an idea and you're going to hear about it 20 times during the day. Well, there are things you can use, like the back flower uh, white chestnut remedy. It really makes a difference. It just stops that. And when you find it, you're really happy. And you really research vitamin deficiency and copper and all these things that are important to Down syndrome people. And, And you understand more what's going on. And it makes you more receptive. It makes you more open. It helps you to listen, to find ways to reach out when it's not simple. And to be very attentive, to perceive expressions of abilities and knowledge that would come out differently than it does with regular people. So um, this is really how it has made me grow in many of my daily Um, abilities like being attentive like going the extra mile like pushing myself a little bit more and um, and looking at a person with an open mind no expectation and a more loving heart so um, these are things that have happened and that have helped me to grow. Um, now, I want to. Uh, I'm going to have Paul talk to us when we come back. We're going to go on a little break just for a minute or two, and um, it's time to grab a glass of water, stretch your legs, and we're going to be right back. And we're going to have Paul talk to us about what his experience has been. Uh, interacting with our son. So I'll see you on the other side of two minutes. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Kalani is an ancient, proven technique of energy healing. 
Kalamni uses the universal light to stimulate the healing mechanisms of the body. It's very gentle and yet powerful, and it can easily be learned and successfully practiced by anyone. You too can learn Kalamni and help yourself and your loved ones to feel better. A three-day training workshop will be taught by Marie Helen Turan in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 26th, 27th, and 28th. For more information or to reserve your space, visit MarieHelenNow.com. Click Kalamni, then Courses. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Blooming in the Light. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to kalamni at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. We're back. Now we're going to have Paul tell us from his angle as a young man and as a child when he was... Shouldn't say child, but a teenager. That's when Paul interacted most with, with our son and um, with Fabian, and also a teenager and young man. So, Paul, you just heard what I said um, about how uh, Fab influenced me and uh, and stretched me in every which way, and uh, and made me more. Made me more. Period. Yeah. Now I would like to know how you related to what I said in terms of your own experience with him. Okay. Yeah. So the thing about my memories with Fabian, it's generally when we're around other people, I notice that there's a tendency for me to be concerned or aware of others, maybe perceptions or, you know, just there being sort of a group dynamic. And I remember numerous occasions when we were spending time with Fabian uh, and it was me and the family. There's, uh, there's always this sense that first when I had when I had been interacting with him, there was always a little bit of a, uh, almost like a protective element coming into my, um, my attitude towards him and towards other people. Um, and I think over just interacting with him enough times, I noticed that it's, he, he really has this innocent ability to bring out the heart value of the individual and there's there's many times when we're spending you know time with our friends and and, and our family um, that we tend to it may stir up some of our own issues um, and the thing about Fabian for me is he he's such an amazing channel for just pure. In, like curiosity and he always he he has such a such a such a way about him that it makes you also want to know more and to engage in the world more without any kind of criticism or judgment because he doesn't have any of that and he doesn't use his 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 uh you know his mind for that and you can see he's very perceptive about people, but he doesn't have that sort of inbuilt, like, 
just fear of being, you know, of being in a in a crowd or being judged or just being <laughs> being surrounded by un- the unknown, by unknown individuals, especially. And I, in relation to what you said, I I really felt like learning to uh, learning to just be yourself without any kind of excuses. And and he always, whenever we spend time, I would always be reminded that that that's all you can really do anyway. And it's it's a very empowering feeling just to have someone who can teach you that. And um, I I always felt like Fabian had that in spades. And this is, um, you know, maybe going on. 12 or 15, maybe even longer, 15 years, I guess, since we've known each other. Yes. Um, yeah, yes. and sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was, you know, what you were saying was, it was bringing another point I would like to make. Yeah. Is that um, he is just himself. And, and you know, sometimes I, I, mean, I really don't like the wording that we use very often when we speak, speak about, or we hear people use, like ah. disabled. I mean, I'm not even talking right. about the word retarded because that's that's just, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a judgment that is, uh, right. I mean, I'll come back to that. But um, mm. he, you know, the capacities, the abilities of special people, are not less than ours. Yeah. They're just distributed differently. That's right. It's like the pie diagram. You know, the pie diagram is a circle, and it's always full. They're not disabled, but they're abled differently, hmm. and they force us. They really force us to look and be aware, to first appreciate, in terms of in Down syndrome people in general, they their ability to love is just enormous. I mean, they beat us uh, flat out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, um, you know, and, and they, you know, when a child is born and the, you see the doctor, they give you all the testing. And the testing, you know, the IQ is this and this and that. And, but the testing cannot do them justice at all because we only can test what we have, like IQ, for example. But they have abilities that most of us don't have. And so okay. we don't have tests for them, and we don't have, we don't even know, like non-judgment. Do we have a test for non-judgment? I don't think so. Non-calculating, open love, like you said, no fear of being who you are. And this is enormous. And there's no test for that. And it is an ability. And it is a wonderful ability. Intuition. Oh, goodness, intuition. They beat us so much with that one. I mean, I could tell you stories for days of situations when his perceptions were so sharp and so beyond ours. I'll tell you one. Uh, one day, somebody, some one child was very disrespectful to him, and um, he was Fab made a fool of himself because he was being the clown, but the others were not respectful, and he was having fun. But I was very hurt by the fact that I could see the other, the, the other children were not respectful of him, and um, it was one day at the pool, and. Um, I cried, but I, I hid to cry. I cried when I got home. I hid to cry, came out, fooled everybody. Let's go do something, blah, 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 you know. Just nobody noticed that I had cried. And he came to me, and he held my shoulders, and he said, I'm sorry, Mom. I will never do it again. And I was just so shocked because... The rest of the family had not noticed that I had cried. I didn't want to upset anybody, so I just took care of it. But he looked at me and he immediately knew. And he knew why I had cried. He had made a fool of himself. And somewhere he knew he was not respected, but he thought it was fun. He, For him, you know, he didn't get hurt by it. I did. 
And uh, I was just so shocked. And I mean, I could tell you stories like that for hours. So his intuition, his fine perceptions, if he, to- if he told you to be careful when you drive going home, you be careful because there's something likely to happen. So these abilities uh, have been very profound in our lives. And we have noticed them again and again and again. And like Paul was saying, you know, the ability to make you feel to be yourself. This is really something else. Um, now, Paul, have you, when in your interactions with him, have you um, had any um, um, perceptions of what I just said? Is this something you would like to add to it? Well, I think he has a way of, I, I would just add that, I remember a lot of times he he knows when to be silent the best like out of anyone I know he knows when to when silence is the most important thing and and it always reminds me that there's a place for that and uh you know he, I think yeah like you said like his his ability to reach a, lo- a subtler level of perception. He just lives in that place, and it's like <laughs> we may take it for we may not understand it at first, and we may take it for granted that we have that ability too. But just me allowing myself to be silent around him, and we there was a time when we spent oh, I think it was maybe I can't remember maybe a week or two together, and we had created that film. Together. Yes. Now I have, I, I want to, to to tell a little bit about that because yeah we can come back to that we can come yes, back to will, that but yeah, I just wanted to add right. that he he gave me this inner calm when we had worked together for every day for I think what ten days or whatever and it it just really stayed with me I remember that um, it came through in my ability to to be creative and to be around somebody and to not have to fill the silence with with all my insecurities. So I just remember that. It was a clear takeaway from just the short time we spent together. That was wonderful. Um, yes, what Paul and Fabian did is um, there was um, a summer class uh, for filming, and Fab always wants to make films. He always wants to make movies. And so we sometimes we make short movies because that's, that's, that's his joy. And uh, um, they were learning to make a movie, but he does not have the ability to um, to do all of it. So what we had done is um, actually Paul was his helper. Uh, I don't remember if he did one or two. I mean, I know that one time the whole gang, you know, his brother and all you guys uh, mm-hmm. were working with him. And uh, it was an awesome movie, actually. But, um, and uh, he he really, he even did the whole script. I mean, he told me what he wanted, and I had to translate it somehow, but we did it. But the second time, it was a one-week thing, and his brother was doing the, um, the editing and the music, because Mathieu was uh, composing the music at the time. You guys were about, what, 16 maybe? Yeah, it sounds Hardly. about right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, so you did, uh, and then the second summer, you were alone with him. Yeah. So for an entire week, we were alone working with him. So that mm-hmm. must have been a lot more challenging because there was, you know, his brother was in there, I was in there, and you did it all on your own. So that was uh, really something. And uh, I know that you were transformed at the end of it. I, you, you just said that it was quite an experience, I, I remember. And uh, that, uh, that is really wonderful. And uh, again, one thing that really happens when you are around people like him is, like you said, you have that inner silence. Oh. And, and, and your perceptions, I mean, you are more careful. You are more attentive. Oh. And, um, and that... Uh, is really very, very good. It is a training that we should all have because a lot of times we miss things. And with people like them, you have to be attentive. And then you discover. Then you see. 
and and it is it is growth for us. They force our awareness to grow because the way their abilities come out is not always easy to spot, and it is very unpredictable as well. So we must be present in the here and now, and being present in the here and now is what we all need the most to live well. So we're going to go on a little break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you more about our adventures with Fabienne. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Kalamni is an ancient, proven technique of energy healing. Kalamni uses the universal light to stimulate the healing mechanisms of the body. It's very gentle and yet powerful, and it can easily be learned and successfully practiced by anyone. You too can learn Kalamni and help yourself and your loved ones to feel better. A three-day training workshop will be taught by Marie Helen Turin in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 26th, 27th, and 28th. For more information or to reserve your space, visit MarieHelenNow.com. Click Kalamni, then Courses. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Blooming in the Light. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to kalamni at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. We're back, and we're going to tell you more about our adventures as a special parent, special friend. So one thing that I really wanted to emphasize is that um, we have to be different when we are around special people. Like I said, we have to be more perceptive. I will tell you a story that is shocking. Uh, A friend of mine was working in an institution where that was for so-called disabled people. And there was one girl who was, who looked unaware She could not move. She was laying in bed. They had to feed her and everything. She could not talk. They thought there was just no awareness there. And one night, it was a Friday night, she was feeding her, and uh, the girl blew in the spoon. And so my friend got splashed with food. And like I said, it was a Friday night, and she was tired. And instead of keeping calm, she just blew a gasket, and she said, you did it on purpose. And this girl was 20 years old, and she looked at her, and she smiled. Because for the first time in her life, somebody had recognized that she was there, that she did it on purpose, and she did. But nobody in 20 years had noticed that this girl was this woman, I should say, was aware and had intentions. And they said, my friend said that from that time on, um, her relationship with everybody completely changed. But what does it say about us? It says that when we talk about people and saying that they are disabled or retarded, or we exhibit mostly our inability to perceive them. Because in many cases, we will never know what goes on in their hearts and minds. I would really like to be able 
to live in my son's heart, in my son's mind, for just a, a little bit, to experience the vastness of his love, the freedom of his being, the total non-judgment, total non-judgment. This is such a gift of life that we cannot possibly call these people retarded because in many ways, they're way ahead of us. They're just, again, like I said, differently able. And they just force us to love. And one thing that is very important to me and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about this, about this topic and share this experience with you, is that their contribution to our society is enormous. People don't think of it that way. But the amount of love, of acceptance of others, of non-judgment, no greed, no meanness, no manipulation, there are no other people who contribute to our society such large amounts of these qualities. And, uh, you know, very often I hear that there's new tests to perceive if somebody is, has Down syndrome um, while the pregnancy is going on and uh, we're making progress and and so on and so forth so we can interrupt uh, the pregnancies. And here I am not going to make a judgment. I, I certainly will never do that. Um, I don't even have an opinion. And, um, but, and I understand that a woman would be scared of having a Down syndrome child because if I had been told, uh, I don't know what I would have done. I have no clue. I know that after that, I refused. Uh, I refused to have amniocentesis for the last, the, the the next two pregnancies I had after he was born, because I loved him so much. I thought if I have another one, I will not be able to do anything about it, and I would have all the pressure of thinking, what do I do? How do I deal with it? What is reasonable? And um, just the thought of having to make a decision there was not possible. So I said, no, I'm new synthesis. I'm just going with what's coming. Um, but uh, I think that our society would be poorer if it didn't have these people. And I think we all need to recognize what they bring to our society, which is an enormous gift. Because people will bring no greed, no meanness, no manipulation, no judgment, they deserve our help. Of course they need our help. Of course there are things that they cannot do. But they deserve to be provided with these things for what they bring us. They're brave. They're a great example of courage and humility because they're where their limitations on the outside and their wealth on the inside. When we do all we can to do the opposite, we don't want people to see our shortcomings. We hide them. And we try to show our good side. They don't have that option. What we see mostly is what they don't have. And all they have, we have to really look for it. And not everybody is capable of seeing it because sometimes it's really hard. But they are mostly aware of the situations and of our partial understanding of their richness. One time we were sledding. It was in the winter in Iowa. And uh, two kids were kind of laughing at our son. And he slid down that slope and he went to them. He must have been about 12. And he looked at them and he said, what is so funny about me? Those two kids left. They took their sled and they left. But he knows. He knows he's different. But like Paul said, he still lives spontaneously. And it is great courage. It's a lesson of humility for us. So I think that 
they are in our care for practical things, but we are in their care for matters of the heart, and our society would be much diminished without them. They feed the much-needed balance of the heart-mind equilibrium of the collective consciousness of humanity, and for that, they deserve our utmost appreciation and devotion. I think that we have been blessed to have this child in our life. He is almost 40 years old now. He's going to turn 40 in September. And uh, we are going to celebrate that. We're going to be celebrating every day anyways. And um, I would never, never have imagined that having a Down syndrome child would be such a blessing in the end. Not even in the end, in the beginning. Like I said, it has its challenges. There's just no two ways about it. But the, the reward, the growth, the joy is amazing. And like I said, when you don't expect anything, anything that is given to you is filled with awe. And so many times when we get older, awe is something that is not part of the picture anymore. And uh, all these simple things. I remember the first day he got my measuring tape. I was sewing. He must have been about four. And he gets the measuring tape and he starts counting. And I didn't know he could count. He was going to school, but I hadn't been told. And I hear him count, and I go, oh, my gosh, if he can count, he can read. And yes, of course he can read. He can read in two languages. He doesn't read in French as well as he does in English because we are French and American, and we speak both languages, and so does he. He speaks English better than French because he has spent more time in the U.S. than in France. But... Um, he is working on his numbers these days. And uh, in English, he can read, I don't know how far, but up to 500, no problem. And, uh, and in French, it's kind of tougher because those numbers are weird. Some of them are. But uh, he's progressing and he's doing good, just doing good. But it is funny because he can really count but he has no sense of mathematics. He cannot do an addition. He cannot. But reading, counting, recognizing symbols, he has a great ability there. So again, we take them like they are, and we're very uh, blessed to have them make us grow. Um, I know that when Paul was working with him uh, on that movie, he said, you know, Paul, I remember when you saying that it wasn't always easy to understand him, but um, if you just be quiet and just tune in with him, you could really get there. And uh, this is what we have to. Also, uh, for the siblings, it has been, I, I can see how he has influenced um, his brother and sister, um, making them feel more responsible and more open to others. I mean, our two other children are just beautiful people with such open hearts. I mean, Paul, you're a friend with Mathieu. You know who he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a testament to that. He, he's probably going to be one of my best friends for the rest of my life and you know, I can't say the same for everyone else I grew up with here, which is, yeah, it, it, it is, he's a remarkable person. I mean, your whole family is quite, quite a treat to know. And, and we're blessed with wonderful friends, so, <laughs> like you. So it's been, it's been really good. And, um, you know, Dallas was going to be with us today. Dallas has also been a, a major person in Fabian's life. Fab, like he calls him, and uh, they've had wonderful times, and uh, and I know that one thing that Dallas discovered mostly, I mean, one of the things that he discovered that we haven't um, 
discussed is um, uh, Fabian's sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened is that we were going to have to travel, and we had nobody to take care of of uh, Fabian. So we had Dallas come, and uh, he came to France, and uh, he stayed with him for two weeks, and he was in just in charge of him. And 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 Dallas is not very old. It was like what four or five years ago. It must have been like what twenty five. Yeah, right? that's that's right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, when we came back, he said, well, he's got quite a sense of humor because, you know, he had known him um, like when when you guys would be together and things like that, but uh, not being in charge of him. That's a different story. And uh, he discovered that sense of humor. And, and still, still, when I help him with his shower, sometimes either he... Or I, but one of us will spray the other, and and he says, "Don't you dare, Fob!" <laughs> and that was Dallas' thing when he would sp- spray Dallas with the shower head. <laughs> um, so yes, um, is there anything else, Paul, that you would like to add to your experience, and and um, what would you say to young people who have the opportunity to? For example, say coach somebody in Special Olympics. I think it would probably be the best, the best extracurricular activity that you can aspire for. Because you learn that much more about yourself, regardless of, of you know, regardless of who you are, or what what you're doing it for. You're going to <laughs> you're going to develop, and it's it's a surefire way to get in touch with. Um, parts of yourself that you may not have looked at so closely. And uh, I, I, for one, have been, yeah, I feel extremely blessed to even, you know, to even have had the opportunity to, to know Fab, but let alone spend time with him. That's um, so definitely, it's a treat. And, yeah, I think, it, I think it's worthwhile for anyone, especially if they're looking for, um, looking for, like, more relationship relationships in our life and it's it's a perfect time for today's world because of how disconnected so many are from from each other due to the technology and the sort of social media deluge <laughs> yes and, and also one thing that you know we just mentioned, uh, mentioned special olympics I remember the first time I, I went to Special Olympics, I was moved to tears mm. to see these people who have what we call handicaps. And um, I'm thinking of physical in this case. You know, they, they have bodies that often don't work as smoothly as ours. Mm. And they try so hard. And it really puts things into perspective. I mean, it's like, I am never going to complain again because I've got pieces that work, all of them. And uh, when you see them just thriving and pushing and trying hard and and being so blissed out with their success, it really teaches you to just not worry. Just do it. Go for it. Give it all and be happy. And uh, I think that actually in schools, uh, children should be taken to Special Olympics. I think it would be most beneficial for them. Don't you think, Paul? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It should be but, offered. Yeah, it, it should be somewhat of a maybe a school after school program you know where they could all have that sort of experience that would be really useful especially at that age when you're still developing a lot of these skills the social right social skills and and perception skills yeah communication skills and also like you said that value of silence yeah because especially now that everybody is texting all day long that value of silence is gone and in that silence, you find yourself. 
Yeah. Uh, when when children are completely, you know, like I said, texting all day and being in school and in extracurricular activity, and there is no time for that silence. And right. that is not a good thing because then silence becomes a scary thing. And of course, mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Mm-mm, no, it's the richest place we have to go. It to. is. <laughs> it is the richest th- place we have. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Paul, for being with us, and thank you, dear listeners, to be for being with us too in um, sharing with us the, this uh, um, wonderful thing of what it is to be uh, special people, special parents. Uh, you are listening to Blooming in the Light. I am your show host, Marie Helen Turin. You can like my Colony Facebook page or connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, send me your comments or questions at colemni at gmail.com. We will see you next week. We'll be together again, I hope. And uh, in the meantime, I wish you to have a wonderful, blissful week and share lots of beautiful feelings with everybody around you. So until then, goodbye. Thank you for joining us today for Blooming in the Light. Please join Marie Helen Turin again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of the program on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.